Hello and welcome to today's Movie Digest. I'm JQ. And I'm Finn. And we are talking about our top five American political films. Uh, so obviously in the news this year, there's been lots of stuff about America storming the capital city. It's been like an action film played out in real life. Uh, Trump's impeachment too. Impeach harder. <laughs> Elections. Biden fraud. There's just <laughs> so much going on. They have in American kind of, politics. They have kind of been like action films, but like the worst possible action in them. <laughs> uh, really kind of crappy and really sad. Like just yeah. very. Um, Obviously, J.K. is doing the music. And Jamiroquai. <laughs> making reference to the guy in the uh the, the big bear hat that stormed yep. the capital and um, we joke about it but it's been absolutely horrendous but it's it, the one fantastic thing has been that donald trump is no longer in power in the Hurrah. united states and we have somebody who no matter what you think of him at least will be competent and qualified for the office and that's that's the baseline <laughs> that you can hope for any politician in office or, or any job <laughs> or any job um hopefully that kind of decorum and common sense will arrive soon on the shores of the uk at some point mm. but that remains to be seen and it probably won't be let in because the borders are closed exactly yeah <laughs> unless they're a friend or family member of somebody already in the establishment <laughs> in which case they'll get a red carpet ceremony and welcome <laughs> we digress oh, we're talking about english politics now <laughs> In many ways, American politics is English politics because we invented them. <laughs> they can have it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just upsetting any transatlantic listeners who may be listening. I'll cut, I'll uh, cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, I went through a, a long list of American political films. And I thought, you know, if you, you mentioned American political films, you think of Malcolm X, you think of Frost Nixon. I was thinking, yep, there's going to be loads I've seen. Turns yeah. out. I haven't seen any apart from one. Uh, so I'm in, 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 a, in a movie digest first, I'm unable to come up with a top five because I literally <laughs> haven't seen that, which I know is my catchphrase. Um, I've actually met people from the American political system. Like I've met Edward Snowden wow. and I've met an actual CIA agent that was a whistleblower and got put in prison. No way. Yet I still haven't seen any American political films, <laughs> but I'm I'm shocked because we see so much of it on BBC News, etc. We live it every day. Hmm. What is is that? Why I haven't watched any of these films? I, I I mean I can't really explain it because when you said you only had one, I I was like oh okay because usually sometimes there you have smaller shortlists than others, but I think yeah. even at a conservative look I, th I had 14 or 15 that I was choosing between and any one of them could have made into my top five so I'm not yeah I don't know I'm, I'm just very intrigued I mean you've you've strung the listeners along long enough I think you need to tell us what your your <laughs> one and only American political film is well my one and only American political film is is is, is still tenuous it's Citizen Kane <laughs> right okay because well, when I when I first thought American political films I was like oh yeah Air Force One I was like no that, that's an action film I can't include that and then there's well, all these other films were action films I, I would let that slide it includes the president so that involves <laughs> some, the, the most prominent person in American politics 
And then you got Independence Day, which is obviously <laughs> it's not an American political film. Slightly more tenuous, but again, <laughs> exactly. I mean, this, this, I, I just—it's just very nice to see that you've slightly matured in the way that you're, you're picking and choosing films now, JQ. Because I think previously they would have made it onto your list. Oh, of course, that would have been the, the, top the, number one. This is the man who, in his top five Chinese films, put Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> <laughs> so nothing's really too much of a stretch to be honest and I think those two especially Air Force One that can definitely be included yep I haven't included the, uh, the sequel Air Force One 2 <laughs> <laughs> I like that oh, that's an old joke not mine uh, yeah so Sitsu Kane is, is, is the closest I can get and it's sort of a even that is not really political is it it's, it's about big political figures but it doesn't include I haven't watched Lincoln I haven't watched um, any um, uh, Frost Nixon. I haven't wow. watched West Wing. I haven't watched um, Malcolm X. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, you know what you're doing with your afternoon after we finish recording this podcast. There are some fantastic films on that, on that shortlist uh, that you've got there. They're definitely worth checking it. I think as well, like you're right with Citizen Kane. It's not overtly a film about American politics but it touches on so many of those themes as well about exactly, wealth and yeah. power and corruption and people at the kind of top echelons of society uh, in America so yeah I, I, th- I think that's a, a fair shake to be honest well thank you <laughs> sparing my blushes and I'll definitely allow Air Force One <laughs> get off my podcast get off my plane <laughs> I, I, I doubt any of the choices I've made will have a line as good as that quite frankly so <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I I had a lot in the shortlist. Citizen Kane was on my shortlist as well, uh, as was Lincoln, which I think is a, a uh, it's a good film. I, th- I mean, it's phenomenal for the performance of uh, Daniel Day Lewis, who got an of Oscar course. for his portrayal of Abraham Lincoln in that movie. Um, All the King's Men, I think, is if if you're trying to get anybody into um, watching the classic kind of black and white films like slightly older films all the king's men is absolutely one of the the best ones to point them towards it was a an oscar winner in 1950 malcolm x i think is an astonishing piece of work it's uh, especially i it's good to revisit i haven't watched it in a long time but it would be good to revisit just kind of off the back of the whole uh black lives matter movement that happened in 2020 yeah. there's a lot of things in that just from memory that kind of are overlapping with with a lot of the the same issues that have been raised through that um that that whole movement yes uh one that was so close to getting on my shortlist i'm surprised you haven't seen this either version is the mancurian candidate no um i the one i had on my shortlist was the 1962 version with um frank sinatra and uh, angela lansbury but um th- it was they did do a remake in the 2000s with Denzel Washington and Meryl Streep and uh-huh. Leif Schreiber which is it's uh, re- I would say respectable um, I don't think it's as good as the original but it's definitely it wasn't one of these pointless remakes um, but yeah there's a lot of good films uh, The Ides of March actually was another one that I really enjoyed the Ryan Gosling George Clooney um, Philip Seymour Hoffman film but getting on to the actual top five, number five on my list is Milk. Yes. The uh, Sean Penn film about the uh, American gay rights activist Harvey Milk, who kind of came to prominence in the late 1970s as a public figure um, and uh, 
it was the first openly gay person to be elected to public office in the state of California. Um, and the film kind of uh, looks at, at his life. It's, it's an incredibly powerful film directed by Gus Van Sant, who himself is gay, so is was very passionate about the subject matter too. And it's an astonishing performance from Sean Penn as well. Um, would heartily recommend that. Did he get an Oscar for that? He did, yeah. He won the Oscar yep. for that, yeah. Well, has he won the Oscar twice? Did he win it for... Mystic River as well, or maybe yeah, I think the Clint Eastwood film. He's in that. I, I, that was yeah. definitely Oscar nominated. Maybe it won Best Film. Uh, I might be getting confused there, but yeah, he he won the Best Actor Oscar for for his portrayal of Harvey Milk. Number four on the list for me is a film called Selma, which yes, is I've heard of it, not seen it. A, a wonderful film by Ava uh, DuVernay, um, and it's. It kind of focuses on the story of Martin Luther King, but a, a specific point in it around centered around this town called Selma, and and the, the it's a really interesting place. I personally haven't been there, but one of my really good friends has, and he said it was astonishing because even now you can still see there's a literal physical divide, pretty much. On one side of the town, you've got all the incredibly ornate, massive uh, white houses which would have been owned by the white people then. And then you've got the kind of more rickety, almost shanty-esque town where, where the black folks would be. It's literally almost divided by almost one street. I I remember when I watched this film, so it's uh, David Yellowo, a British actor who who plays Martin Luther King, and he's absolutely astonishing in it. His portrayal of, of Martin Luther King is incredible. Um, for nothing else, I mean, it's... It, there are so many rich things about the movie, but if for nothing else you watch it just for David Yellow's performance, it is absolutely incredible. I, I remember feeling kind of annoyed. He, I don't think he was even Oscar nominated for his performance that year, let alone winning it. Um, that sounds like a whole other podcast. Yeah. <laughs> why so why? Um, number three for me is uh, an absolute classic of the genre, JFK. The uh, ah. the Oliver Stone film about the assassination of of and the trial surrounding the events after the assassination of of John F Kennedy, yes. um, it's just, to me this is like your vintage kind of Oliver Stone movie, kind of early nineties. It's got you know a massive star in it. Um, it's probably an hour longer than it needs to be, but it's still <laughs> an incredible watch. Uh, I I just love it. The um, he, he loves a conspiracy theory, Oliver Stone. He's kind of a fascinating character to listen to if you ever get the chance to hear interviews or podcasts that he does. And you can see this is a little bit more staid. And I think this is probably when he was more at the peak of his powers around yeah. about this time, because this is coming off the back of the likes of Platoon and Natural Born Killers. But um, it's a fantastic film. Um, and it, I mean, anything that's starring Kevin Costner is always worth checking out. <laughs> Does it top the episode of Quantum Leap where Sam Beckett jumps into Lee Harvey Oswald? <laughs> wow. No, I haven't seen that. Uh, that, would, that would be, that strangely does not come up at all. <laughs> it's got an incredible cast. So Gary Oldman's in there as well. What what further uh, needs do you have to watch a film than uh, Kevin Costner and Gary Oldman being in it? Exactly. Number two for me, and I'm surprised you haven't seen this one, uh, is In the Loop. No. Wow. So you have you seen the thick of it? Nope. 
wow okay this is uh <laughs> we need to stop this podcast right now and you need to go and watch the whole thing the thick of it I, I, is one of my favorite tv shows of all time you must have at least know or seen the character malcolm oh, tucker I'm, I'm very aware of it i just never seen a whole episode malcolm tucker made famous uh through the fantastic sweary portrayal by peter capaldi who's a kind of like um a reimagining of alistair campbell the spin doctor of the tony blair uh, government the thick of it I, I like i said is absolutely astonishing the in the loop is kind of like the 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 film that they made uh yeah. off the back of it it's uh it's just it's absolutely fantastic it's i i think if you're you know sometimes you get those uh, brilliant tv shows and then they try to translate it to something on a big screen and it just doesn't work this absolutely <laughs> oh my goodness oh, dad's army uh, there's just so many bit like you you know something like Ali G was a phenomenal uh, TV show just the yeah. film is absolutely dreadful yeah but um, In The Loop kind of picks up where the thick of it le- left off and is is just as side splittingly funny as anything in the TV show it's much more central to um, uh, Malcolm Tucker's character rather than spreading it around Malcolm Tucker visiting the inept departments and ministers Yep. Uh, the, the the TV show did. Uh, it's written and directed by Armando Iannucci, who did the TV series, and people would know from the likes of Alan Partridge and The Day Today and Brass Eye and what's his latest one? Uh, the Charles Dickens adaptation. Yeah, which I haven't seen, but I would quite like to. I also have you seen The Death of Stalin? Yeah, that's great. It's brilliant. It's way darker than I thought it would be. Yeah. I thought it would be like wall-to-wall jokes, and it's not. It's yeah. very darkly funny, but it doesn't shy away from any of the horrendous natures of a lot of those people. Yep. Um, brilliantly acted. Uh, anyway, we're getting away from it. Yeah, in the loop. I just it's got honestly some of the funniest film lines ever. There's a bit where um, Malcolm Tucker's on the phone very near the start of the movie, and he's uh, walking through, walking around, kind of uh, the capital, Capitol Hill and um, is you know uh, in very non PG-13 language telling somebody on the other end of the phone what they think of him once he gets (laughs) off the phone some Americans approach him and say excuse me can you not talk like that to which he replies one of the most horrific but hilarious things I've ever heard (laughs) said on a film Uh, so uh, yeah it's just absolute genius number one for me is actually uh, a film that's this is slightly tenuous but uh, it is one of my favourite films um, of all time is a film called Election. Not seen it. Can't remember. Don't know about it. It's um, Alexander Payne, who's one of my all-time favourite directors. People would probably know his other work like Sideways. Oh, yeah. The film's kind of centred around uh, Reese Witherspoon, who plays a character called Tracy Flick. She's like an overachieving school student running for school president. And... Um, she kind of gets drawn into this uh, feud and develops a nemesis not through another student but through her ethics teacher Mr. McAllister who's played by Matthew Broderick who I'm not actually that big a fan of as an actor but he's absolutely brilliant in this because he's a slightly weedy slightly pathetic uh, high school teacher and uh, he Mr. McAllister kind of convinces like the very sweet and well-intentioned popular school jock to run against Tracy Flick 
um in a in the in the election for school president and it's this brilliant kind of microcosm of the complexities of the political system and people trying to game each other and one up and all the kind of backstabbing things that happen behind the scenes um it's a brilliant portrayal i think of a lot of things in adult life that you kind of stay away from alexander payne's a an amazing director because he's able to pinpoint like these strangely pathetic elements of people's lives yeah that we kind of all suffer from and and really turn the screw on them and at times it i think it can be slightly uncomfortable but i think it generates a real pathos for your character so pretty much every character in election you kind of don't like but there is something absolutely <laughs> redeeming about them as well at the end yeah. um i i just i absolutely love it I, it's again it's really darkly funny it's really well written um it stars chris klein i think in one of his first ever film roles so he's one of the four friends from american pie uh and he's very funny in it it's um yeah it's just a, it's an absolutely fantastic movie and kind of uh a high school version of something that you would find in a, a a more serious political drama, probably. I sounds good. I have to try and check that out one day. Mm. That's the top five. I think that's a pretty good top five. Thanks. Um, much better than my top five. <laughs> my, my top one. <laughs> I still enjoyed um, it. <laughs> so as it's still lockdown, um, I've had a lot of time to watch some films. Hmm. What have you been watching recently? We've not really been watching too many films. More just trying to get through TV shows. A lot of things ah, that we okay. have um, been meaning to watch for a long time or heard are really good and just never got around to watching it. So the current one that we were working our way through is Sherlock. The BBC ah, yes. Sherlock. Yeah. Which Why didn't you watch it the first time round? I can't really remember. I think they were quite long and they were quite drawn out in between being broadcast because yes. I think there's a couple of years between seasons two and three um, I, yeah I don't know I just never really got around to watching it which is weird because I uh, I quite like Benedict Cumberbatch I don't love him as an actor but he's brilliant as Sherlock Yeah. Um, I think also I've seen Andrew Scott in a few things and mm, he can be hit or miss for me but then I saw him in Fleabag yeah. where he plays the priest and he's absolutely fantastic so and I knew he was in uh, Sherlock and he's yeah. just absolutely batshit crazy and wonderful as oh, Moriarty yeah. <laughs> I think that's the thing they've absolutely it's so well written Sherlock that they've absolutely nailed the dynamic of who Sherlock is and how Moriarty is the complete antithesis of that there's a brilliant video essay online that from a channel called Lessons from the Screenplay and the guy uses script to show you why some things are good and why some things are bad in certain films and he uses the the script from The Dark Knight to show a, a fantastic example of your protagonist growing and being the best protagonist they can be because of how good the antagonist of the film is right. and in The Dark Knight the reason that Batman 
is is interesting in that movie is because the Joker is such a good an- antagonist. The Joker is literally the polar opposite of everything yeah. that Batman stands for. And I think that's how they've absolutely nailed it in the Sherlock TV series is that the the rules and the rigor and everything that Sherlock has and the way that he formats things and processes things is completely subverted by the chaos of Moriarty on the other end. And yeah, it's just very good, very funny and very well filmed. What uh, episode are you up to? I think we've just started season four, episode one, where a fairly major character has uh, snuffed it. And <laughs> um, it's, uh, yeah, it, I felt a little bit odd at the end of that episode, but I'm waiting to see where we get to at the end of season four. So, but the other, the other one that I've been working my way through is uh, The Mandalorian again, just Ooh, never got around yeah. to watching it. So, I'm halfway through season two at the moment, and no spoilers, but it's absolutely wonderful. I'm just loving every single minute of it. I think it's because it's a, to me, it's kind of everything that all the Star Wars spin-offs should have been from about oh, yes. 1999 onwards. It's like yep. clearly w- well written by people who love and understand the subject material perfectly. I, ju- I, ju- I couldn't think of anybody better than John Favreau to oversee the whole project. And the way that they they take the time to build out these wonderful worlds that don't have to include the Skywalkers <laughs> and uh, the Jedi and everything. I mean, obviously uh, it involves things of that yep. um, part of the universe, the Jedi and the dark side and everything else, but it's not solely fixed on that. And it's just, it's, it's a wonderful universe that they've created. Just it, there's something brilliant in every single episode to kind of latch onto. How far have you got on that one? So we're halfway through season two at the moment, so I've only got a couple of episodes left. But I think we should do a spoiler special, maybe on the Mandalorian once we, once we both finished it. Oh yeah, once once you've seen the last episode, then you can. Yeah, know what you think. <laughs> <laughs> the only other TV show that we've watched, but I can't remember for what mentioned this last time on the podcast, which I would recommend to anyone. I think it might be in my top five of all time. Uh, after we we kind of run rinsed through the series, is Mister um, Robot on Amazon Prime I tried that is that Remy Malik? it's Remy Malik, yeah it's um, yeah. it's worth staying with I think it's one of the few shows that has held my interest um, all the way through not just in terms of story but I, I honestly can't think of a TV show that is better looking or better edited than Mr. Robot mm. the amount of devices and techniques that they use through the editing as as a video editor yeah i i just find so uh endlessly enjoyable and stimulating to see just somebody using that level of craft to make a tv show i just thought it was astonishing as well as the story being good and interesting as well ah because i might have to revisit it because what i found was the tech side was so realistic yeah that it I was like, well, I know all this stuff. It's just like, it's like a busman's holiday. It's like, oh, this is a bit boring. But if you don't know what an IP address or a, a remote desktop is, it's, it, it kind of just goes over the top of your head. But I was like, oh, yeah, yeah oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so I've, I've been um, binging Mandalorian again for a second time, but I've been catching up with some old films that I haven't seen. Well, actually, some new films that have come out. 
Um, mm. Have you seen Wonder Woman 84? Yes, we did watch that recently, actually. And what did you think of that? Um, uh, I think we liked it. I didn't like it anywhere near as much as the first Wonder Woman. No. Um, I think it were, it wasn't as good as the sum of its parts, if that makes sense. I, think, I, I just think Gal Gadot is like the perfect person to play Wonder Woman. I think she's great. And I really love, is it Pedro Pascal? Yes. I really love Pedro Pascal as an actor, obviously just coming off the back of chatting about The Mandalorian. I, I think yeah. he's a terrific actor and I think he does well with what he's given in this movie. I just don't think it was quite there. There was something in script. I, I also, I couldn't get my head around the whole Chris Pine's character, but he's, it's not really, it's, it's somebody else that he's yeah. kind of transported himself into. I, I, I couldn't get my mind around that the whole movie. Yeah, it makes no sense. I think it goes back to what you were saying earlier about the antagonist. There, there was no real antagonist. It was yeah. like, he, he wasn't really a bad guy. No. So you're kind of like, oh, he is doing bad things, but not for a bad reason. Yeah, it's always the trouble when you've got that kind of um, that kind of villain in a movie. Yeah, I felt the same thing. I just kind of felt sorry for him in the end. Yeah, exactly. And you could have taken Kirsten Wig out and the film would have been exactly the same. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> but you need to have at least two villains, don't you? And there's some sort of other action figure that they can market and sell to children. Oh, so. cool. Yeah. Um, the other films I've seen, I've been, uh, I've rewatched Spinal Tap recently. I hadn't seen <laughs> A Mighty Wind or Best in Show. Oh, yeah, yeah. Other um, movies. And they're great. That's like an ensemble yeah. cast. Um, it's just really funny. I think Best in Show probably better than A Mighty Wind. Mm. Just because it's complete madness and like a dog show and everyone. <laughs> There's more room for comedy in there. Mighty Wind was good, but it's a bit bit of a serious premise, you know, a mm. um, reunion tour. Mm. And then I also watched Clueless for the first time. The first time? First time I've seen Clueless. Wow. <laughs> Clueless is a brilliant film. I know, I, I sort of avoided it because I thought it was, you know, one of those cliched, oh my God, films. But it's actually, it was actually quite good and not as cliched as I thought it was going to be. Well, it's based on Emma, the Jane Austen novel, so it's got some good source material. Yep. And it's got Paul Rudd, who doesn't age. <laughs> he literally doesn't <laughs> age. He's incredible. And yeah. another person, just as we were talking about Kevin Costner and Gary Oldman, another person I would gladly watch anything with Paul Rudd in it. Absolutely. So let's go on to some trailers for stuff we can watch. Ooh. Have you seen the trailer for Coming to America 2? No, because I, I've never seen Coming to America. Unbelievable. It's a yeah. great film. Yeah, I don't know why. It's just there's a, a kind of slew of very famous 80s films that I've never seen. Top Gun's another one for some reason. I've never seen Top Gun. What? Yeah. Dirty Dancing... I think I just didn't... My folks weren't really into that kind of stuff, and I think that's why a lot of people my age would have seen those movies, uh, is because their parents were, like, kind of teenagers when those films came out. Yeah. I, I have seen other... Obviously, you know, like, Back to the Future and everything, seen all those things, but never the kind of rom-coms and kind of big blockbusters well, there's, and comedies. There's quite a few that I've missed out. Anyway, yeah, I haven't seen it. Yep, yeah, so that, the trailer looks pretty good, so I'm looking forward to that. And an old and a new trailer I saw today was the new M Night Shyamalan. Okay, which is I called Old. Right. 
and the trailer just shows some people having some fun on the beach and then suddenly they all start aging really quickly. Ooh. Um, I couldn't, I couldn't quite tell what was going on from the trailer. Obviously, it's a horror. Yeah. So um, that looks pretty interesting. I'm sure I've said it a number of times in a podcast. I, I've actually got such a soft spot for M. Night Shyamalan films. Yeah. I think, uh, and th- I think the box office kind of proves it as well. He He's actually quite bankable, despite a lot of people thinking his movies are terrible. And yeah. I know he kind of always tries to go for the twist ending. So sometimes when you're watching his films, you're like, well, where's the twist coming? Oh, there it is. No, that's not quite as clever as I thought it was going to be. But yeah. He's a bit marmite, but I broadly have quite enjoyed his his movies. The The Lady in the Water. Yes. Which is kind of a fairy tale. Paul Giamatti and Bryce Dallas Howard is like peculiar, but I really enjoyed it. I, I, a lot of people hated it. I, yeah. I thought it was I great. I love the whole mirror thing and seeing the eyes in the mirror. Yeah. it's uh, There's also, um, I don't think it was... I think it might be in a film that he wrote and produced rather than directed, but there was a film called Devil about five people trapped in a lift. Oh um, yeah, I never saw that. Was it a short devil. film? No, it's, it's feature length. I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was so interesting and clever. It's kind of, it's the kind of film that could be done as a stage play. Yeah. Um, was it all set in the lift? Pretty much. There are scenes outside of it, but a lot right. of it is set in the lift. Uh, or at least the building that the lift is in. Yeah. Um. And yeah, great, great little horror movie. I I thought that was terrific. Yeah, I've got a lot of time for M Night Shyamalan, so I'll yeah, I'll definitely try and seek that one out. Because the lockdown coming to America is uh, coming out on Amazon Prime. Oh, nice. Yeah, so that'd be good. Have you seen the trailer for King Kong versus Godzilla? No, is because I just think oh, that's just a bit over the top. <laughs> Uh, well yes <laughs> but also I think it, it it just looks daft like I, I, I'm i up for it I've, Godzilla I think again is a very underrated movie I wasn't as much of a fan of the original Godzilla with Leon and uh, not so much that one no the, the Godzilla film they brought out a few years ago that had like Brian Cranston uh, in it the one that was directed by Gareth Edwards in 2014 ah, did he do Rogue he did, One Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I really like that Godzilla film. So yeah, I'll 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 definitely watch that. I mean, he doesn't want to see massive creatures battering crap out of each other on a on a big screen. That's that's going to be great. Oh, if only we could go to the big screen. I'm also quite keen to see Mank, the new Dave Fincher movie that's got Gary Oldman in it. Yes, is that on Netflix? Yeah, it will be. Yeah, yeah. I thought it would really come out. I think it has come out, yeah. I haven't seen ah, it yet. Yeah, I definitely want to see yeah. that because, uh, again, Gary Oldman, yes, please. <laughs> uh, let's move on to news. Obviously, there's not much news coming out, but I think the big news for you must surely be the Snyder Cut. Snyder Cut? The Snyder Cut? Of? Batman. You not heard which, about this? No. You know Which Which the- Batman? You know the Batman with the, the was it the Justice League that um, Snyder Batman was versus on? Superman? Not Batman. Uh, it's got Wonder Woman in it. Yeah, Batman versus Superman. So you know the whole thing was Snyder was had some family problems. That's right. Um, so then Josh Whedon took over and reshot. Yeah, eighty percent of the film. HBO have paid 
25 million quid, I think, or 75 million quid for Schneider to re-edit his original vision using wow. all the original footage into a four-hour epic that's coming on HBO Max. Oh, my goodness. No, I have, have you, not heard about this. How have you not heard about this? I don't know. He's even gone back and reshot some new stuff. So he's reshot new stuff with Ben Affleck, reshot a new version of Jared Leto's Joker. Oh, oh dear. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'll be interested to see. I didn't mind Batman versus Superman, to be I thought it was honest. a good film. But apparently I thought it was better is... than Justice League. Yes, much better than uh, Justice League. But um, this version has 140 minutes of unseen footage. Goodness me, right, okay. Yeah, and, and he said, not one single frame of Joss Whedon's will be in my version. Wow, okay. Well, that's yeah. interesting. That's yeah, kind of cool it, to be able to get to see the same movie two different ways. Yeah. Um, I think it's coming out in about a month's time. Oh, great. I'll definitely keep my eyes out for that. Yep, so that, that, that'll be good. Um, I, I love Ben Affleck as Batman. Yeah, I thought he was great in it as well. It's like that old school, weathered, just dreary Batman yeah I thought yeah. he was fantastic at that there's a few scenes that have been released on YouTube there's one where Alfred's working on a Mustang or something in that um, sort of little house he had on the side of the river and then Superman okay. just sort of floats down to say hello and he puts Superman's wearing a completely black suit oh no I've not yeah. seen that that looks pretty cool and I don't yeah. think they'll have to get rid of his moustache either <laughs> so that'll be a good one um, obviously got all the Marvel news there's just about there's, there's too many to go into but they've just basically given a shit ton of money to people to make a shit ton of content so there's hundreds of new TV shows coming out we've got like we've obviously got WandaVision that's out now we've got I so I, versus Windows I, I, I can't see because even on the few times that adventure outside to the shops or whatever socially distant of course, course. the um anytime i've seen the buses go past with one division on the side i can't yeah. not in my mind go wonder wonder vision wonder vision yeah. <laughs> to the uh, the theme tune of chuckle vision the fantastic <laughs> british tv series well thanks for, chuckle Brothers. for me <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome yeah have you watched any of the wonder vision no. No. It's um, difficult if you don't know any of the backstory. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I'm a broken record with this. I yeah. gave up on the Marvel Universe around about Doctor Strange ah. when I realised that having watched Doctor Strange, I had just watched uh, the same Marvel movie for the 16th time. <laughs> and I was like, I, it's now getting to the stage where I don't even know who the characters are and I've yep. got no emotional attachment. And I just, yeah can't really be bothered with it because even things like there's there's a few that are there are there are only a few i would say that are good of the ones i've seen so th yeah. this is probably everything up to doctor strange so the first avengers i thought was really good um the best film by a mile i think is the first guardians of the galaxy oh yeah definitely but even then like the second one's part like even though you've got um kurt russell in it like how did you mess that up it's just yeah. i I, I just find it incredibly boring I think when you know where the major beats are always going to happen because the beats happen at the same point in every single movie yeah. and there's always the same thing for them to overcome like there's only so many times you can go over the, the ground of uh, 
I, I can't have a relationship because they'll come after you as well as me. And I'm just like, oh man, this has been done to death. <laughs> um, I, 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 it's not to, it's not to have a go at anybody who's a massive fan of the Marvel stuff. I just, I find it all quite tedious now, and I'd just rather spend the time watching stuff that's just not the same stuff over and over and over again. It it looks good. It's well acted. It's well put together. I just, just I'm just quite bored of it. I yeah, I can understand that. There's um, spoilers if you haven't seen the latest episode of WandaVision. Um, I don't know if you know, you're aware of the whole, you know, uh, X Men and all the Avengers in the comics are all in the same universe. That's right. Yeah. But in the real world, Sony and Fox own X Men, Marvel own the rest of them, so they can't cross over. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, what happened in the latest version of WandaVision is Wanda's brother is called Quicksilver, who's the yes. guy that can run really fast. Yeah. In the Marvel version, he's dead. Right, okay. Hashtag spoilers. In the Fox version, he is in Days of Future Past in the X-Men Apocalypse. Yeah, he's in a couple of them, yeah. Yeah, so Evan Peters is the actor. And the version of Quicksilver in the X-Men versions is amazing. He's really good, really clever. It's lots, sort of Deadpool-esque sort of level of... Yeah, yeah. So in this WandaVision, she can resurrect people. She's resurrected her brother, but the actor playing her brother is Evan Peters from the X-Men films. Wow. Okay. So everyone's losing their mind over that because it now because Disney own Marvel and all the old X-Men stuff. Yeah. This is going to be the start of crossing those over and making them all into the same universe. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. So that's very which, exciting. Which brings us on to Spider-Man. Yep. Are you a fan of Spider-Man? Uh, I have been. Again, I, I, gr- growing up, I, I liked the the first two Sam Raimi films. I thought the Andrew Garfield ones were okay. I think I liked them around the wrong way because a lot of people liked the first Andrew Garfield and hated the second one. Yeah. And I thought the first one was a bit boring and I really liked the second one. But the, And then the Tom Holland ones i think tom holland is brilliant as him again i just the movies are very samey as the rest of the marvel universe well they're currently working on spider-man 3 and the rumors are that it's going to be some sort of mind-bending universe bending thing have you seen uh spider-man into the multiverse the cartoony one no it's really good it's honestly it's, it's one of the best films i've ever seen um but in that there's multiple versions of spider-man from different dimensions okay um so in Spider-Man 3, I think they're going to do the same thing. And the rumour is that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are reprising their roles as Spider-Man. Wow. For alternate versions. And also Doc Ock is coming back. Oh, wow. And um, uh, Jamie Foxx's Electro. Yeah. Uh, sure, I thought it was actually and- quite a good back guy. Yeah. So the rumour is they're all coming back for the same film, but apparently Tom Holland has denied all of this. But he's notorious okay. for leaking stuff, so yeah, God knows how it's actually all going to work. <laughs> well, that but, does sound exciting. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Nice. I'm sure there'll be millions of other people around the world that will be too. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, I think that about wraps it up this episode of the Movie Digest, our top five political films. I have been JQ. And I've been Finn. And we'll see you later. Bye. Bye.